Are you looking for the magic to make your life truly count? Do you want the secret formula to make every day your best day yet? Hello, and welcome to the Finishing on Fire radio show. And now, here are your show hosts, Dave Wadsworth and Greg Vance. We're going to talk about living with no regrets. And um, that's Mm. hard to do, but um, if you can minimize those, that's important. Now, we're talking about our book here. It's called Finishing on Fire. You can find it on Amazon. I've had plenty of regrets, uh, not a ton of big stuff. Uh, What about you? Have you had some regrets that you can remember that kind of sting or stick in your mind? Yeah, I think there's probably enough of them. Frankly, um, none of them were tragic. (laughs) But yeah, so that's good news. But but they're still regrettable, you know, things that you thought now, if I, you know, as they say, if you could tell your younger self, give some, yourself some advice. Yeah. You would probably bypass many of those things, if not all of them. Yeah. I, I just saw a, a quote the other day. Um, I don't know where it was at, maybe on TikTok or something, or maybe uh, it might've been YouTube. I'm consuming so much information all the time. I tell you, my brain gets scrambled and of course, you know, I'm down to three brain cells. And so I'm, I'm working them pretty hard. <laughs> but, but I remember this quote, this young boy uh, asked Warren Buffett. He said, uh, Mr. Buffett, he said, um, uh, if there's something, one thing that you could buy, what, what would it be? Mm. And he said, well, young man, how old are you? And he said, well, I'm 14 years old. He said, here's what I would buy. I would take all my money I have right now. And I would give that if I could become you right now, 14 years old, with the knowledge that I've got now. Mm. I would like to go back to you and have your body and have your opportunity to, to go forward. I thought that was pretty interesting that, um, that that's what he would do with all his money. Uh, because I'm sure even though he's one of the few richest guys in the world, I mean, he's in the top three or four now, and he has been number one, but um he's got regrets, you know, sure. he's got things that he has done. And if he could go back, I'm sure he would do the same thing. He'd go back, like you said, Greg, and, and just say, Oh, that's, that was regrettable. <laughs> I want to tell myself, don't do that again. You know? So, uh, Oh, and that brings me to a quote. Um, we're talking about this book and, and in chapter four, um, we talk about living, um, it's that actually the title of the chapter is kind of weird. It's, it's 1891, 1891 is larger than 18.5. And uh, <laughs> you look at that and you're thinking this guy's weird and that's true, but here's the point. If you look at this, uh, I measured uh, my windshield on my big truck. And then I measured my rear view mirror. And what I'm talking about is living our life, looking out the windshield but occasionally we need to look through the rear view mirror and see where we screwed up. So we do a better job as we move forward, yep. but we need to spend the vast majority of our time living life, looking forward. Okay. Uh, but these regrets uh, we need to be reminded and look back and say, yeah, that didn't work so well, did it? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is a, this is a quote. I've got actually a couple of quotes here uh, from chapter four. And I used to tell the kids this when I taught, uh, I had a class, it was actually a high school uh, class that I taught. We'd had 
up to 100 students, 100 kids in a class. And so um, I probably screwed them all up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of my quotes, and this is one of the things I used to say to them, and this is in the book uh, on page 51, it says, you must learn from other people's mistakes because you will never live long enough to make them all yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you've got to do it. You've got to learn from everybody else's mistakes because, because you just won't live long enough to screw up everything. You just, you just won't. And, uh, and, and you, you don't have to go through life and make every mistake uh, to learn. You have to look at, at what other people do and say, wow, that's not a good idea. So that, that brings me to my second quote, which is right here in the book uh, with, with that. And this is one from one of my, my all-time favorite people in life. Um, the magnificent Abraham Lincoln was quoted as saying, I can learn something from nearly every person I meet. Mm. However, it is usually what not to do. <laughs> yes, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just have to look around and say, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think I want to go through that mess. And mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought I think those are both good quotes. But of course, the one is by me, and the other one's by Abraham Lincoln. So I, I think Abe, Abe Lincoln wins. Um, <laughs> I, I'll tell you a funny story. I've read a lot about uh, Abraham Lincoln, and, and there's a, a keen interest I have when I do public speaking, Greg. Sometimes I'll, I'll use these life-size cardboard cutouts. Yes, I've seen them. I have them up on stage with me. And uh, one of them is Abraham Lincoln. And I quote, you know, Abe Lincoln and, and stuff. And I talk about him. I have um, Albert Einstein, George Washington Carver, um, Abraham Lincoln, and Superman. <laughs> oh, you, you, was, you were with me that one time on our cruise with Dan Miller and Joanne Miller, remember? Yes, I remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And I, I had those guys with me there. I was one of the speakers for our group. And that was so fun. That was that was really fun. And uh, I remember that. But but Abraham Lincoln, uh, there's a lot of connections that I have with him or my family. Actually, my grandfather, his family, they grew up where Abraham Lincoln was born in uh, uh, Kentucky, south of uh, Louisville, a little ways, a little town called Hodgenville, Hodgenville, Kentucky. Okay. is where he was actually from originally. And then when he was a young boy, he was, I think he was seven, maybe six or seven. Uh, the family then moved over here to Southern Indiana uh, to Gentryville. It wasn't Gentryville at the time. Uh, it become, became that, but it's just a few miles from where I live now. Uh, and actually they talk about in a lot of his books, uh, the, the little Pigeon Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, you know, I've, I've played there at Pigeon Creek. I've, I've fished there. I've walked miles of the bank in Pigeon Creek. And, uh, he, uh, and that's where Abe Lincoln was, was, uh, uh, a young boy for probably 11 years, 12 years until he was, I think about 19 or 20. Uh, then they moved on over to Illinois right. and, uh, and so forth. But so, so where he was born and, and, and originally raised early on was a town where my family was from. Okay, Hodgenville, Kentucky. And then um, he moved over here where I live and, and have lived for many, many years, uh, which is really wild and, and stuff. So we're kind of connected that way. But something I mentioned, I think on a, on a previous podcast, I'm sure I did. I gave a book, this Finishing on Fire book to a gentleman at, at the uh, local Cracker Barrel restaurant. We had um, 
I go in there and I see some people that are regulars and I go in and I, I sit and I, uh, I read some, I study, I, I actually write a lot. I'll go in there and I get ideas and I watch people coming and going and different things, but I get ideas and I, I start writing and I just make notes and so forth. Well, one gentleman was there, older gentleman, and I, um, I saw him in there and I, and I always talked to him and he was always friendly. And I thought, I like this guy. So one day I, I signed a book. I found out what his name was and I signed a book. I put Bob, you know, to Bob. And, and I said, you know, uh, you know, I appreciate your attitude. You're a real friendly guy and, and all this. Well, he was really shocked. He's like, wow, thank you very much. And uh, of course, a few weeks later, I saw him and he said, oh, I'm reading your book. I love your book. I can't hardly put it down. And I thought, man, you're sick. What's a, what's marry you? <laughs> you're desperate for entertainment. Now, a nice, super nice guy. Well, uh, then probably, I don't know, four or five weeks later was the day uh, I was going up to my mom for her birthday, the 86th birthday. And uh, and Bob comes over to my table. He said, hey, how you doing stuff and, and all this. Got to talking, did not realize this. But his great great granddad was best friends with Abraham Lincoln. Wow. I'm like, no way. Yeah. And he's, and if you read anything about Abe Lincoln as a young boy, him and his best buddy, his, uh, Alan Gentry, they, they, I don't know if they made the boat or they just, uh, or they got a boat. I think they may have made it. But, but anyway, they went down the, the Ohio River, which is real close here to me. They went down to Ohio, down the Mississippi to New Orleans, and and they took a bunch of uh, of grain and and uh, I think maybe some livestock. But they they went down to New Orleans and sold all this stuff, and then they uh, and they did this for uh, Alan Gentry's uh, dad. He hired him to do it. That they went down there, and that's when Abe Lincoln saw his first slave auction, and and he saw in New Orleans he saw. Uh, uh, black folks being chained together and then being uh, mistreated, obviously, I mean, whipped and, and is nasty. And it cut him to the heart. Mm. It really hurt him. And, and then he, he said right then, you know, when I have the power and, and the opportunity uh, to hit this thing, I'm going to hit it with all my might. And, that, and that's what he did as president. You know, he, he fought slavery and, and of course, he uh, yes. signed the Emancipation Proclamation and freed the slaves. And, but, but he, I was sitting there having, having breakfast and, and uh, Bob sat down there with me and he was a great, great grandson of, of Abe Lincoln's best buddy you know, as, as a wow. young boy here. And, and that's just so amazing, you know, the history and stuff. And it was just pretty cool. So, so anyway, so I like to quote Lincoln and, and uh, just, uh, you know, we are uh, so close to uh, people. I don't know, we're connected in such a way. And nowadays, you know, with the, with internet and with all this stuff, we're really connected, but to meet somebody like that, uh, you know, being a part of history, mm -hmm. cool. that's, that's just, you know, really cool. And, and those people are, are around us all the time you know we just don't realize it <clears throat> yeah it's gonna realize their stories yeah yeah they've got stories everybody has stories so, so anyway, <laughs> that's for sure that along to you so yeah you know what i really like about those two quotes and they uh you know they tie together real real well is um they remind me of <clears throat> of um learning from others in a positive way and i know that you and i both have in common the fact that we weren't very um <laughs> We weren't very good readers whatsoever up until <laughs> up until uh, just a few years ago. And um, so I know that you listen to audiobooks. I read physical books and 
we both listen to a lot of podcasts, but I think the, you know, the common thread through all those is we learn and we gain wisdom from understanding what other people have been through, what they've experimented with, and I'm talking business terms or something like that, but what they've experimented with, what works, what doesn't work, and oh my gosh, as they said, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't live long enough to make all the mistakes that somebody else is going to make. Uh, and so how fortunate you are to learn from all these other people around you through, through the miracle of um, books and the internet podcasts and things like that. So I think it's just a real gift. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I appreciate you bringing that up because something I've done here recently, Greg, uh, you know, I've got connected uh, with, with TikTok and I, at mm -hmm. first I really, you know, kind of avoided it. But I have a buddy I'd mentioned earlier. Um, well, in our last podcast, I talked about uh, this Travis Burkhart Foundation and uh, yep. this this gentleman, buddy of mine, who was a farmer, and he just told the story and stuff. And I was talking to him. He says, "Dave, he said you're so positive, you're so encouraging. You need to get involved in TikTok. You need to get you know put out these videos." And of course, I'm doing videos all the time. I don't know what I'm going to do with them exactly, but I, I've been pursuing this. And I thought, well, maybe this TikTok thing would work. So I talked to him a little bit about it. Uh, and he said, yeah, he said, we've got 40,000 followers on TikTok. And I'm like, no way. 40,000? <laughs> and he just been actually on it. He'd been on it a while learning, but he started doing it uh, just um, and that was like in five months. It was like, uh, see, November, December, January, February, uh, and part of October, maybe. And so maybe five months, okay? And I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of people that actually have, and the downloads is a lot more than that, but that's actually mm -hmm. followers that have clicked on and like his story, and he tells about his story. But <clears throat> that's what I want to do. I want to help people. And, and what our whole show is about is encouraging people mm -hmm. to learn and to grow and, and to not make those stupid mistakes that, that we have. Right. Uh, and if we can help people do that and, and live basically uh, without the regrets. Uh, and, and this is where you want to grab these young people and shake them and say, hey, don't be that stupid. <laughs> don't be as stupid as I was. Yeah. That's right. You know, and it's and it's because we love them. It's kind of like, you know, telling your children, you know, um, don't put your hands on the hot stove, you know, uh, cause you're going to burn your hands. And, right, um, right. and, and it's not because, you know, we don't want you to have fun and be able to climb stuff. You know, you, you know how kids are, they're monkeys. Um, but we don't want you hurt. And, and if we can, uh, avoid that for you or help you steer you away from that, you know, it's because we love you. And that's what the show is about. We want to help you, uh, not fall in those, those potholes that we have and then look back and say, wow, that was not a good idea. So just trying to help you live uh, basically regret-free, you know, as much as possible. It's, it's not going to be, you know, for sure. But um, <clears throat> one of the quotes here I have, uh, and I really think this is a key uh, to this, this episode and, and really about what the book is about. I want to read this. This is in still in chapter four, uh, page 54. Um, if you want to live without regrets, if you want to live every day um, and make it your best day, here's what you do. Okay. You need to underline this. You need to bold type it. You need to, you know, you need to stop the recording and write this down. Okay. I do that all the time when I'm reading books, I, I write down the quotes. Here it is. Focus on and enjoy your life today. 
focus on and enjoy the people right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Focus on and enjoy the actions you are doing right now. Mm. And, and Greg, basically what I'm saying is, you know, don't be looking in the rearview mirror yesterday. Don't be looking to tomorrow and, and the next day and next week and next month, but really focus on today and focus on the people you're with, focus on what you're doing, uh, focus on your life and, and don't, and don't just um, dream it away. Don't, don't be thinking about, you know, what, what you're going to be doing. Whoever you're with, be with them. If it's your wife, if it's your child, yes. if it's a good friend, you know, focus on them. And, um, you know, we see people and when you're in a crowd, uh, you're talking to somebody, sometimes they're looking around or looking over your shoulder thinking, okay, who do I need to talk to? You know, they're kind of <laughs> dismissive and they're not focused on you. And you're like, wow, I'm feeling very unimportant right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I have done this before where I have, I've been talking to somebody and I'll, I'll look and I'll say, now, Hey, I'm looking for a certain person. So if I, from time to time, I, I take my eyes off of you and I'm looking, I said, nothing against, you know, I try to explain, Hey, I'm going to be rude here, but, but I'm telling you up yeah. front. So. Right. right. <laughs> but I love this quote. It's, it's, this is it. This is a key point. Focus on and enjoy your life today. Okay. It's both focus on and enjoy find the joy in it. Okay. Focus on and enjoy the people right in front of you and focus on and enjoy the actions you are doing right now, whether it's uh, your job or just basic chores around home you're trying to do, but enjoy them, you know, find mm -hmm. the joy in what you're doing uh, and don't make it, you know, drudgery. It doesn't have to be. Okay. So I, I just really, I wanted to bring that out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really like that. You know, there's certain, and we, you know, I've talked about this, I think, is there's certain personality types and, you know, the person listening to us today may be one of those and that <clears throat> I unfortunately have this gift and this curse of um, if you take the Gallup Finder 2.0 uh, assessment, one of mine is called, um, <laughs> is Futurist. And so what that means is I'm constantly thinking about what Star Trek person. Yeah, no, not that. I'm just constantly, <laughs> constantly thinking about what's coming next. And so the, so that, that can be a real gift at, at times. The bad news is it makes me think beyond where I'm at almost constantly, unless I can control myself and bring that in into where I'm at today. And you know, it's, it's not been that many years that I've really come to terms with that and really tried to slug my way through it on a daily basis. But since I have, it's really made a difference. So it just would be an encouragement to anybody that may be dealing with that too. See, that's a good point, Greg, because what you've done, you've analyzed and you realized, okay, that's, that's a fault. Or, well, mm -hmm. you said, a, you know, a curse and a blessing. Okay. But yeah just being aware of that and saying, Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly dismissing today. 
by looking down the road too much, okay? I need to back up a little bit. And, and so you need to have a healthy balance of the two. Right. Uh, we're not saying, you know, don't look down the road, don't plan, don't set these goals and all that stuff. Cause you, you've got a great coaching business where you, you as a professional, you coach people in uh, their careers and, mm-hmm. and finding their purpose and finding their niche and where they belong. And you're really good at that. You've done that a long time. You've got a lot of good experience. Um, career meets purpose, uh, I think, is, is your name of your company. But yes. you, you help people see, you know, the potential of, you know, down the road to look down the road and, and make those goals. But you also probably help them assess where they're at today right. and, and what they need to, to do based on where they're at today you know, and, and how to, how to move forward. So, so yeah, you, you provide a great service uh, by having that mindset or that, that mental ability or that, I don't know what they call it. Uh, the strength, I guess it's just a, a strength, you know, strength, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the challenge is finding that switch to switch it <laughs> on and off and, and all that, but you're right. Thanks for bringing up the coaching business. I do, when I work with a lot of people that have gone through we'll say an unexpected job change, meaning mm-hmm. that they may have been dismissed from their position for whatever reason, you know, the company's at fault, they're at fault, both are at fault. You know, usually it, it just like in a, in a marriage, uh, it takes two people to create a situation that can be a little challenging, same way with an employer and an employee. Sometimes it's just money for the employer, of course. But anyway, um, I do find a lot of people to your illustration of the rear view mirror that are spending all their time focused on why this happened to them. And that can be healthy for a, for a few moments to analyze and to learn from it, grow from it, and then move forward. But oftentimes it can take a lot of um, diligence, a lot of work, a lot of discussion to get people to move beyond that because they get stuck right there and they really don't live their life to your point you know, of this chapter of the book, they've, they're stuck in not looking forward. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a good point. They, they probably don't realize it, that they are right. looking in the rearview mirror so much. And, and those numbers uh, in the book in chapter four, it talks about those numbers, 1850 something versus 18.5. Well, that's the actual square inches yes. of windshield you have versus square inches of your rearview mirror. And those, and basically any vehicle you're in, uh, and I've driven so many different vehicles, you have a rear view mirror, but it's so small. And I think you need to think in those terms. Well, there's a reason why it's small because you don't need to spend much time looking through it. You need to spend the vast majority looking through the windshield down the road because that's very unsafe and unhealthy to be looking in the rear view mirror. Uh, and, and I explain some of that in, in this book. I talk about that, how that is right. just... It's not good to be living your life uh, in, in the past or looking at the past. And uh, so I appreciate you talking about that. And so, but uh, you know, what strikes me about those numbers you just mentioned is um, if you do quick math on those, that rear view mirror is a hundred times smaller than your vision forward or, you know, or the, do the reverse of that. The forward yeah. vision is a hundred times larger than the rear vision. And so you just think about that for a minute, that positioning those two things against one another and what a significant difference it can be by changing your perspective. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. 
Yeah, 100 to 1. So basically, you need to spend, you know, 100 uh, times um, looking forward at, at the opportunities and potential to every one time you look back, uh, you know, or glance back. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I like that. Yeah. By the way, that's not a driving tip. <laughs> well you're right you could you could think of that but at least the you know the what i was thinking it was the power of the vision it's a hundred x oh yeah versus oh, the point. versus the one yeah 100 x so that's a good point yeah yeah a hundred x yeah and and i guess if you think about it it's like okay you want to have the greatest impact Mm-hmm. You want you want to live your life the best you can. Well, you want to live on the side of the hundred times the one hundred, yeah. the power of the one hundred versus the one. Right. Yeah, that's good, man. See, you're way over my head on some of this stuff. I got to be careful here. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Are you ready to you, you ready to go on to your special feature today and uh, take us into Wazi's world? And now, it's time for Wadsey's World. Yes, Dave Wadsworth's true life animal stories. Oh, Wadsey's World. <laughs> I love Wadsey's World. Uh, <laughs> I have so many stories. Um, what? To, yeah, you got to, uh, you pick a number for me. Yep. I have these animals listed one to 43, um, at least 43. There may be a few more now. Uh, and so the number today, and you've already, you picked a number, but I haven't looked. Okay. Yeah. So for you to fill in a little bit of case you're a new listener or something like that, um, Dave has, uh, these magical encounters with animals of all kinds that I can't explain. I'm not sure he can either, <laughs> but, uh, but he, he has, uh, he's, he's done a quick list before we started our podcast series and, uh, I think came up with 43, uh, but for today, I picked number 31, and so he's going to give us a little off-the-cuff remembrance of whatever animal number 31 is. Tell us okay. what it is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> number 31 is squirrels. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this could be anything. <laughs> I'm a, I, I tell you what, <laughs> I've had so many encounters with squirrels. Um, Oh my gosh, since I was a little kid, um, I remember uh, one time squirrels are, are actually very aggressive um, rodents. I mean, they're gnawing, chewing all the time, and they, they're tough. They're tough little boogers. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and you're going you're gonna to love this. Um, <laughs> we would go camping when we were little kids. Uh, now, young kids, we grew up uh, at Kentucky Lake and we water skied and mm. we'd camp in these little tents and stuff. And we had a good old time. And uh, of course, in a campground, if you ever do any camping, there's always animals. And uh, one of the animals we would see a lot uh, would be skunks. Uh, mm. And the skunks would come out at night and they would just ramble around. It was amazing. Usually not during the day, they're more nocturnal. Now, the squirrels, uh, those rascals, they would get you in the daytime. They weren't afraid. And so <laughs> I remember my mom, we would try to, um, uh, you know, keep our food, you know, uh, locked up and locked away. So, sure. you know, animals wouldn't get it. And a lot of times you have to put it, you know, uh, if you're in a tent, you know, they can tear into your tent. So you kind of got to be careful. And some people, you know, hang food up, you know, if it's like mm. bears and stuff, but 
we didn't have any bears down there, but we had squirrels. And those rascals, they were smart. Well, <laughs> my mom, uh, we had a loaf of bread. I remember this. We had a loaf of bread sitting on the table. And um, we had to go somewhere. We were going to go do some activity, at, you know, uh, there at the campground. And so we weren't going to be gone maybe an hour. But my mom, she thought, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll keep those squirrels out. She had a leather jacket and it wasn't <laughs> fancy, but it was nice, you know, and it was heavy. I was a heavy leather jacket. I remember it was white. And uh, <laughs> so she throws that leather jacket over the top of the bread, kind of tucks it in around there, you know, around that loaf of bread. Well, <laughs> we were gone about an hour. And believe it or not, the squirrels chewed a hole through that leather jacket. <laughs> Oh, they chewed and ripped and tore through leather to get to that bread. And then they could reach in. They pulled out, you know, chunks and stuff. It was amazing. My mom, I bet she cried for two days over that jacket. It was was awful. She's like, I can't believe Of course, my dad, you know how dad is. You know, he's like, uh, well, Loretta, you should have known better than that. You know, it's like, you know how guys are. We don't have that much compassion. It's like, you should have known, you know, but, uh, you know, pouring a little salt in the wounds. But, boy, it just ruined her jacket. It was so nice. And and we didn't have a lot of fancy stuff growing up, but that was a nice jacket. And uh, and they just, oh, my gosh, the power of a squirrel is crazy. So that's, that's, that's my one squirrel story for you today. So <laughs> another one of those sacrifices. Sacrifices that moms make, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She cried over that thing. Oh my gosh. That that hurt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're little. They're little devils for sure. Oh, they can be. Oh my gosh. So, um, so I think you got. Um, I think we're about all ready to hit our uh, two-minute warning here. But I know you've got a quote to take us in there first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm glad you keep me on track sometimes. Um, I'll t- you got to remind me to tell you, if we if we come up with squirrel again, I have to tell you about our license plates, okay? Because <laughs> see, my daughter is, uh, she's like me, okay? She's got ADD. I mean, she's all over the place, you know, like squirrel, yeah. rabbit. Oh, you know, I mean, we just, we're squirrely. We're squirrely. <laughs> so we'll have to tell you about our squirrely license plates. That's, okay. That's, we'll keep... that's for another time. So if you pick 31 again, you're probably going to get that story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So here's a quote. Um, I love this quote. Um, and I wrote it in my book here, Finishing on Fire. It's on page 80. Um, and this is a gift uh, that we have uh, for you as a listener that uh, so valuable. And, and uh, if you can just remember this, I think it'll be, be huge. Um, but here it is. It's called the gift of life is right in front of you. The gift of life is today, Mm. the present. So here's my key quote, my gift to you, your present or your gift, your present is to be present in the present, Mm. to be present in the present, not being Star Trek futuristic, Greg. <laughs> yep, yep. 
So be present in the present. And, and so many times we just are not present. We're absent. We're just, we're just uh, daydreaming or we're somewhere else. And we should be interacting with our wife, with our children, with, with the people we're with. Be present. That is so critical. That will change your life. Mm-hmm. If you'll be present in the present, that's a, that's a game changer for you. That's awesome. So the, that's, that's really, I think, Greg, um, that's really what we want to say about the, the two-minute warning. We like to go out every episode and basically say, give you a challenge or a call to action. And that's, that's really going to be our call to action, unless you have something different you want to add. Are you good? No, I think I don't want to interrupt your flow. You're going right okay. into the you're going right into the two minute warning. So let's do it. And now it's time for the two minute warning. Let's do it. Okay, so the two minute warning. Okay, and, and this is what um, uh, if you want to change your life. Okay, um, here's what you need to do immediately. I mean, you can do this right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Okay. Start doing this. And, and you have to, a lot of you will have to, to um, think about this. You'll have to really catch yourself because you're not there, but, but here's the two minute warning immediately live in the present. Use your gift to live your best life in the present. If you'll do that, it will wake you up to a world that you've just kind of let go by. Uh, you've kind of been in, in neutral or idle and you've just kind of drifted, but to kind of wake up and to be present and, and do that immediately. Just start doing that with your spouse. When she's talking to you, focus on her and, and see what she really means. Cause I guarantee you, she's saying things because she loves you and she wants to share with you. Okay. It may not be what she's saying, but it will, it's what she's feeling. And she's trying to transfer that energy to you. And so you mm-hmm. need to listen. Okay. Your children. Okay. When your children are talking to you, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, get on with it. Get, you know, tell it, you know, spill it. Yep. yep. <laughs> and, and we kind of just like, we're impatient. But if you'll be in the present with that young person, that child, uh, that your spouse, listen, it will enhance your life. And so that's your challenge. That's, that's what I'm going to challenge you today is to be present and, and to focus on that. And I guarantee you, you do that for a day, you're going to say, wow, I've been missing out. And you have, you really have. So, so that's your challenge. Be present for you. Thank you for listening to the Finishing on Fire radio show. Be sure to visit finishingonfire.com for more great content. Go light your world.